Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of In the Zone. I'm here with Anthony Piniello, Chris Martelli. Guys, the All-Star Game didn't disappoint this year, but All-Star Weekend pissed everybody off. Aaron Gordon <laughs> got robbed again. And uh, again, yeah, this is a second time getting robbed. Third dunk contest. Jumped over a guy who's seven foot five. What did you think about this whole uh, All-Star Weekend festivities on Saturday? <laughs> I thought it was uh, I thought it was fun, entertaining. You know, that's usually how it goes. I didn't think Bam Adebayo would win the skills challenge, so that was surprising. Just draining those threes when it mattered. Um, the dunk contest is a completely different thing to talk about. I could talk about that all day. Connaughton was entertaining with the whole white man can't jump. He jumped over, was it Giannis, I think? Yeah. Or, so that was pretty cool to see. Um, Dwight Howard, we all know that Kobe was supposed to be a part of it. So, you know, him wearing the cape with 24 on it, that was an automatic 10 out of 10. Um, but other than that, he wasn't as electric as he used to be. But... Yeah, the real thing here is uh, Derek Jones Jr. stealing the uh, dunk contest award. My favorite part of the, probably that night was just seeing everyone's reaction. Just like, oh, like really? He didn't win? And even Derek Jones, I think, was like, really? Really? <laughs> like, I, I won that? Okay. So, yeah, I'll, I'll let Pinello talk more about it. But yeah, Aaron Gordon got, got robbed again. I think Wade has some explaining to do. <laughs> but uh, honestly, other than that little. Uh, fiasco at the end there I thought it was a perfect weekend I loved every moment of it you know the fans always get involved so it's always fun just fun stuff all around for the skills comp yeah I just like you gotta give Taco Fall credit to being a good sport not he was supposed to be in the all-star game with the voting didn't get it he wasn't in it so you know being a part of the dunk contest probably made his life you know made the all-star weekend a lot better for him but yeah you're dunking over a guy that's 7-5 and he actually did it it's not like he his nuts hit his head and he couldn't do it. Like, he literally went over him and dunked it. So, yeah, I don't know what Dwayne... Dwayne Wade said he wasn't the only one that gave out a nine. I'm sure he convinced some of them to give him a nine. So, I don't... I really don't know. I hope it was, like, D-Wade's ego. Like, I hope this isn't, like, a new D-Wade we're seeing. But, yeah, I don't know why he kind of ruined that. He just was like, yeah, I didn't think it was a ten. And then Derek Jones somehow won. And the Miami guy, too. So... It just for me the best part was like Aaron Gordon after how mad he was he's like I'm not doing a dunk contest again like I'm done I'm fed up what does he have to do <laughs> like, like okay but the other one was different like Zach Levine he was dunking like all like 10 out of 10 where Derek Jones like Alina was saying you do the same thing through the legs go up very impressive but yeah. not enough to win it yeah we're not we're not bashing him yeah, I'm just it was saying good, but like, just Aaron, Aaron Gordon time. okay when D- Derek Jones even thought he wasn't winning so at that point, it's like, all right, like, I think he got robbed. I think uh, the best thing for him to do is Derek Jones Jr. to just politely give the award to Aaron Gordon. <laughs> but we all know that's not going to happen. Yeah, other than that, I thought uh, three-point contest, really no surprise. We all know they could all really shoot. I think it's just it all comes down to who's hot at the right time, but he healed was hot at the right it. time. So, yeah, uh, I mean, he's right now he's not happy with his role in Sacramento, but he won the three-point contest, so... It's good on him. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just looking at the whole weekend, I think the NBA knows how to do this all-star weekend oh, yeah. thing way better than NHL and MLB. Not even close, but the celebrity game, Stephen oh. A. Smith was actually coaching, <laughs> like as if it was a real game, yelling at the refs like, oh, you guys are, you see Wilbon there, huh? You kind of do that before the game, after the game, huh? showing him love like that. What's going on here with the technicals? And then he brings Nate Robinson out. And he goes, I-, I want Nate Robinson. Bring Nate Robinson out. So, 
apparently he's going to be playing next year. He's considering it. So uh, what are your thoughts on Stephen A. Smith getting involved in uh, the celebrity game? I I love it. I mean, he's already a big enough voice for basketball and just for sports in general. But seeing him ball out and at least try to ball, it's hilarious because he's been around the game for so long. So I feel like it'd be fun for everybody involved if Stephen A. tried balling. I would definitely pay money to see that. But I... I care for him. I don't want him to go too hard. Just catch and shoot, spot up shooter, nothing more. Yeah, it could be like a Clay Thompson. <laughs> Imagine they have Max Kellerman, one captain, the other captain. You got Stephen A. Oh man, there's the beef right there, <laughs> bragging rights. That would be that's entertainment. That would that we would have to watch that. All three of us would have to watch that. I just want to see Max win it and then not shut up on hot take oh, for like a year. That would be good. And then go on about how Kawhi is still better than LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then say how the Raptors are. He's the only guy that consistently shows love to the Raptors. Kellerman, remember? I feel like it's more of a Kawhi thing, though. I think it yeah. is, too. Yeah, it's like, oh, but if Kawhi was on the Raptors this year, they'd be winning it all. And then, and then Stephen A's like, no, 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 no. So, yeah, Stephen A, seeing Stephen A ball, well, we just we got off topic there, but... See, yes, if Stephen A were to ball and like hit threes like Clay, who wouldn't pay to see? Yeah, that? like I, that's under that. and just the way he is, the motor mouth he had. Imagine him draining threes <laughs> and trash talking oh, everyone. He'd be trash talking, like if he could, probably LeBron. He'd be trash talking everybody. <laughs> like, hey, LeBron, come guard me. I bet I'd score on you. Like, just that stuff Stephen A would do. But celebrity game was fun. Three point contest was fun. Duck contest was all fun. And uh, again, like you know, you, you gotta. Again, it's all it's. I think they did a better job this year because, again, Kobe Bryant going. I think they really tried to go all out. And, they, yeah, they like you said, they made the, the hockey one. They made it look like shit. And they made the Pro Bowl look like shit. So this, to me, had, like, Super Bowl-type vibes. Like, that's how important it was to me and how big it was. So kudos to them for making the All-Star Weekend that much better. And they don't... Uh you know, as opposed to the NHL, when they're getting the All-Star game, they, oh, I got to pull out, uh, my shoulders bother me, I'm going to get out of this NBA. They're pissed when they don't make the All-Star they are. game. Yeah, they Because that's their brand and everything. So take note, NHL players. And uh, the only one thing, though, I didn't really like, they're in Chicago. There's an owner in the league of Charlotte, Michael Jordan. <laughs> it was his weekend of, like, his birthday celebration. Where the hell was Michael Jordan? <laughs> Where was the tribute? Yeah. They didn't do anything for the guy. Are you sticking with this format going forward? Easily. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, like, complain. Like, I saw MB took to Twitter. He's like, you shouldn't end a game on a free throw. I think that was my only thing. Yeah, like, one by two, they should maybe change that. I think No, I loved it. I think at that point in time, you have a certain task, and that's to win 157. If it's one point, the free throw, that's it. you got to play smart defense. I think that's where... I think it matters most and like again it, it's not a big deal to me for a free throw to end the game I know like it was very competitive in the fourth like I've never seen a game that competitive at least in a while so seeing that from all these all-stars was surreal I thought that was one of the best I've seen Kawhi play that was one of the best I've seen Siakam play at least defensively he was a monster so yeah, the only thing I guess you could take away is the free throw, but other than that, it was perfect. Because like the pressure too was perfect. It's in yeah. it's in eighties hometown. Like LeBron yelling, "It's over," and he misses the first one, and everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh, okay." And then he made the second one. So, adding that drama to a free throw, I think, I think it was acceptable. You can kind of tell the vibe like around like when LeBron won the first quarter and Team Giannis came out. 
you kind of looked at their faces and they're like, there's not a fucking chance we are losing the second quarter and going down 2-0. Yeah. So these are all, they're obviously all pros and they all want to win. So I hope they all get motivated every year to play this game just like we saw it last week. I just thought my favorite part was the first quarter was like a shit show when it came to like, yeah. you're doing all the fancy moves. But then when the fourth quarter came, they were on the refs. Like if there was a call and they didn't like it, I remember there was one play, I think LeBron, Harden, Kawhi, and I think Chris Paul were all just at the refs, just yelling, like, what kind of call is that? And, like, man, like, my favorite part was Giannis's block on LeBron James. Oh, that was amazing. That was perfect. That wasn't goaltending. His hand was on this side of the ball. It was a perfect block. Oh, I was thinking of the other one. He had his number that night, didn't he? I had two. Oh, you're thinking of the fader? Oh, yeah, yeah. he's steep. Yeah, Giannis... Defend, he could be a defensive player of the year. He's that good. I think we should give a shout out to our boy Kyle Lowry for drawing the end. Two turns in the chart. Also, not getting off in the fourth. At a boy. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Like, this whole game, though, I liked it how uh, Giannis, the trash talk, even before, and he's like, oh, so what was your like? Oh. What's your strategy? Uh, we're going to see. We have all good players. So whoever James Harden is covering, we're going to give them the ball because we're all skilled players. We can all score. So going after James I feel, Harden. I feel like he's still feeling that sting. From the, do you remember, was it last year when Giannis whipped the ball at Harden's face? Do you remember that? <laughs> was that last year? He, he went to do like a no-look pass and he threw the ball and it hit Harden in the face. <laughs> and he got it back and he got the basket. So I feel like there's some uh, animosity there between Harden and Giannis. Like I, I actually think there is. I don't know why. Hopefully they meet up at some point for real. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next year in that one-on-one tournament, Giannis will dunk over him. That's it. Yeah, that's a battle Harden's not going to win. No. Uh, Giannis is a monster. <laughs> yeah, he's and, not uh, winning. Run. <laughs> But, yeah, like, we talk about the All-Star game. Uh, any surprises for you guys during the game? Like, for me, I thought it was Ben Simmons. I thought this guy was coming out and he was dunking on everybody. And he was just – he looked like a human highlight reel. So, for me, it was Ben Simmons. For you guys – Kemba Walker not playing as good as I expected. He barely played, yeah. too. They went with Lowry over All the over turnovers. Kemba. I think he was trying to make a – getting into the record book for having the most turnovers. Like, this guy couldn't really get anything going and – I don't know. I think Kemba Walker kind of surprised me. He's one of the best point guards, I think, in the league, and wasn't a good showing for him on uh, Sunday night. I was kind of surprised Trey didn't get a whole lot of yeah, time yeah. out there. Like, I understand, like, there's a lot of rookies, a lot of first-timers, and you got to give it to the vets, but uh, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen him out there a little bit. Yeah, like, we saw Trey a lot in the first two quarters, and then when the game mattered, it was like, nah. Yeah, you're the buzzer, not was it the buzzer beater yeah. the, the first one? In the second. Second. Yeah, that was, that was cool trade a game coldest guy on the floor but yeah the one thing I would kind of change is play everybody in the fourth quarter don't yeah. just play the start like don't just play five guys the whole because that's how I that's what I felt like I didn't see Booker in the fourth I didn't see Trey Young I didn't see Doncic these are these are like unreal players and like even Gobert had a great first half he didn't play uh I could, I could go on and on. Simmons didn't play. Like, these guys in the fourth, they didn't play at all. Like, they yeah. stuck with Siakam. Gobert was actually a monster in the first half. Well, yeah, it slipped my mind at first. Was, was he, was he 9 of 11? Yeah, they were just feeding him alley-oops. He was, he was posterizing people. Oh, yeah, he's a bully. He's, yeah, he was good. Were you surprised that actually a guy like Porzingis wasn't in the game? Because, like, he has that... Yeah. He has that whole country behind him. Like, he's that type of player. He has, like, a whole country kind of... Kind of like with Line A coming into the NHL, where like like everyone was like, "Oh, put Line A on the cover of NHL." Like the hype is that good, and yeah, you think 
Porzingis not being there was kind of. I think he'll eventually get there, but yeah. uh, if you have to choose between like him or Doncic, you have to have like one on each team or something. But it's Don, yeah, it's Don. I don't, I don't think he's having that. He's having a good year, obviously, but when you look at all the other All Stars there, like you taking, who are you gonna take out Sabonis? I mean, yeah, probably, but Sabonis is more deserving this year than Porzingis for me. Middleton, I don't know. I feel like you could have left him off. There's a there's a lot of debates you know you could have had Beal in there you could have had Derrick Rose in there yeah. even Mello to me kind of deserved it a bit like you, you if it's his last run you kind of just put him in there for the showing but man again Chris Paul to me that dunk holy oh, shit man. I haven't up. seen him dunk like that since like 08 and I saw that I was like whoa this guy's for real like he's having one of the best years in a very long time so no one really talks about that um but other than that, uh, were you guys surprised that Team LeBron came on top, or were you? I'm surprised that Kawhi won instead of LeBron because I thought for sure they're gonna okay LeBron he plays for the Lakers they're gonna give it to him. I thought it was, they were gonna give it to Davis. Oh yeah, that would have been another one, but yeah, Kawhi getting it that was a surprise for me. I liked it. I was surprised LeBron won just because I know they have like all the star power on that team, but you look at all the first timers and I just kind of thought I feel like they're gonna go harder than all the other vets. So uh, so I am kind of surprised LeBron won, but yeah. Yeah, I think out of, out of all the guys that went the hardest, he was probably the oldest, and that was Chris Paul. Like, he went really hard in the game. I thought Westbrook went hard. I thought, yeah, the vets, they went they went pretty hard. Like, LeBron went hard. I, I thought, I remember uh, I, I, I was listening to ESPN the other day, and Doris Burke was talking about Oh, like, do you like the new format? And she said she loved it, but she didn't like how hard some of them were going. And it's kind of like, but they have to go hard. Like, this is, like, for charity. It was $300,000 on the line. And, like, they're playing for Kobe and for Jana. So, like, they're going to go all out. That's what Kobe would have wanted them to do. So I think Doris Burke kind of saying, oh, like, I think they should have gone a little lighter in the fourth because, like, it's supposed to be kind of like a resting week. Like, it's not the regular season. You're kind of all together. But, man, I think it was perfect. They, they went hard in the fourth. Like, the first two quarters, you could tell, you know, they were in between the legs, throwing it up for alley-oops. It was all fun. And then, even like you said, in the second quarter, there were times where Giannis was like, yeah, we're down, guys. Like, we got we to come back. And then they came back. But then, of course, Team LeBron, they were trailing in the fourth, and they won. But, yeah, I hope they keep this format. And they got like a few other days off, right? Like they're not playing they start until Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. yeah, so they got time off. So even if they're going that hard, if they have the few days off after that to get rest, I don't see any problem with it. I think it'll be perfect until someone gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah, like that's what I think Doris was kind of like talking about. She's like, oh, what if LeBron like pulled his hammy or something? In the and game? throw yeah. everything out the fucking yeah. window and start over. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, I think that's what she kind of meant. But yeah, luckily no one got hurt. It was yeah. perfect. And uh, actually, this year, more than any other year, they're actually going with that uh, one-on-one. They're, like, putting the idea out there more on social media, just seeing the reaction from it. It seems like next year, I think, we can actually see that because of the reaction that Bleacher Report got with that picture saying LeBron would win a one-on-one tournament. I don't know what their staff is smoking, but... Uh, yeah, no, he would. <laughs> I don't think he would win in a one-on-one, to be honest. Who would you guys like to see ideally compete in this tournament and how many do you think would be the I'm, perfect amount I'm, I'm saying right now this has to happen I'm not saying like I'm not 
Like, I don't think this is an idea anymore. I think this is actually a conclusion. I think after what Bleacher Report did with that little tournament, I think that was absolutely amazing. You saw, like, Oak and Harden take out Westbrook, and, like, they were putting teammates and everything. So I would probably do, like, 16 players, 16 of, like, the top players, and you kind of put it based on, like, size. And then maybe you could have, like, different brackets. Like, you could have, like, who's the best point guard, who's the best shooting guard, who's the best small forward. I don't know, because when you talk about, like, one-on-one tournaments, are you really going to, like, let's say Harden were to, like, upset LeBron, would you then, like, would, is it really a contest if you have, like, Harden face, like, Embiid? No, it's not. So, like, <laughs> there's a couple things where they would have to kind of change the rules, but, yeah, a one-on-one tournament with any NBA player right now, oh, that's, that's a that's must-watch. I'm kind of surprised it's not already a thing. Yeah, because the athleticism and, like, social media. It's, it's just, like, when you think hockey, like shootout everyone gets a shot like in basketball like when you go one-on-one that's i just feel like that should already be there it seems like a very pivotal part to the game when you're developing your skills playing one-on-one stuff yeah i feel like i just i would love to see two monsters like Giannis and davis just kill each other take a few from each position go at it like you just said yeah it would be awesome for sure it's just i don't know how they would like do an award for that because you have different positions again so unless there's like uh, an award for like each position, and sure, but other than that, it ha- it has to happen. I want to see Giannis slam over LeBron. I want to <laughs> see that happen. And that's a giant endorsement deal waiting for the winner. Because can you imagine if you win a one-on-one tournament at the All-Star Game? You're saying like that's a best pound like for pound or position for position player in the league. Like that's a lot of money up for grabs. They would actually try harder for that than I think the actual five-on-five game. Well, look what just happened with Derrick Jones Jr. Did yeah. you see did you hear what happened? He, he won the All-Star, the dunk contest, and now he just signed with Puma. So, oh, no wonder AG is yeah. fucking so, fuming. So, that, <laughs> so that's what I mean. So there's endorsements everywhere, and I feel like that would also be a big thing. So like, let's say like Giannis won. That would be ginormous for his, you know, for his endorsements, for his marketing campaign. So it's only good things for the league. It's not no negatives. Unless, like, someone were to throw a punch. Yeah. <laughs> How would you, like, choose the players you think there should be, like, a voting thing or a top 16 points per game averages in the league advance to that tournament? All-Star Weekend. I think I would have to... You'd have to probably do the voting. The voting? Yeah. Sticking with that, too, yeah. Because I feel like points per game really doesn't do anything. Like, again, Harden, he could be dropping 36 a game and... You could have a guy that's like injured, like Durant. People want to see Durant in it, so you can't base it off of the stats during the season. So, just for me, it's just based off of flat-out voting. Not maybe not fan voting because yeah, you'd have like Caruso and, and yeah. like I, I <laughs> they don't did want, work around that Taco Fall. Yeah, they did work around that. <laughs> so maybe do like a fan vote, and then you could do like a player vote, and then kind of put them together and see what happens. That'd be solid. Yeah. All right, guys. So moving on to the rink. Trade deadline is going to be coming up, and uh, a lot of names are still on the board. We saw a few trades already happen to Foley going to Vancouver. Unexpected. What do you guys think of uh, the return? And what, what is actually Vancouver? Where do they go from here? Because the way they are positioned in the standings, they, like, uh, they, make they, they want it all. They want the cup now. To Foley's uh, an experienced vet that has scored 20 goals. What? Um, he's had 30 before. He's had 30 before, and he's had 20, I think, four times. So he's been a consistent goal scorer. And Brock Besser's actually out now for the next three weeks. So I guess he will fill in his spot for now. But when the playoffs come, 
I, I expect them to do some damage. Pedersen's game has only gotten better. He's a superstar. Quinn Hughes, to me, is no rookie. I look at him, he's not a rookie. Plays like a vet. Um, Markstrom's been actually a surprise, too, for Vancouver. I thought maybe they could have gotten a goalie at this time at the trade deadline, but kind of don't need it. So if I'm Vancouver, I'm happy with this trade. Horvat's going to have a winger, finally, once Brock <laughs> comes back. But... uh. They really didn't give up, uh, well, his contract's up, so yeah. they gave up a second, Tim Schaller, a prospect I've never really heard of. Tim Schaller's a bubble, yeah. he's like a bubble yeah, player. so they got like four mediocre pieces back, but, so for LA, I, I, you obviously see what they're doing there, but for the Canucks, he's going to fit right into their top six, he can play with either uh, Pedersen or Bo, I think it's a perfect fit going forward, hopefully they re-sign him too. And they also have what, Tanner Pierce in there? Yeah. They so can, LA duo little, back little reunion. That 70s line, except without Carter. Carter. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the other trade that happened, Green getting traded from New Jersey. <laughs> what, is, uh, what does this do for Jersey and what they're planning on? Uh, it means the they have no faith in their leadership that they're building. So um, Andy Green was their captain for, I think, four years. No one really knew he was their captain. He was in and out of the lineup. Um, I guess this means they made room officially for Ty Smith next year. He's going to come into the lineup. He's going to play top four probably. Um, another guy that's actually on the trade block is Sammy Vodnin. I think the Devils are probably getting rid of him too. Maybe even uh, we might see P.K. Subban get shipped out because his play in New Jersey has just been luck. <laughs> been cursed. I don't know what's happened, but I want Subban to go somewhere else because we all know he's not this bad. I, there's no way in hell he is this bad. But, um, yeah, getting rid of Andy Green, I think, is only a, it's only good for the Devils. They, this year is a write-off. I can't believe I'm saying that. But, yeah, they already got rid of Taylor Hall, so why not keep this trend going? They're probably going to get rid of Palmieri, too. Just trade as many as you can right now. All right, so you got Hughes. You got Heischer. <laughs> They're obviously blowing it up. They're blowing it With up. the other trade we're about to talk about. So Green's gone. That's another four mil off the books. Ty Smith's going to come in. He went to the Islanders, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think it was Rangers or Islanders. It was the Islanders. Islanders. Yeah. Islanders, yeah. So Damn. just touch on the Islanders because they they surprise me all the time and it pisses me off. You can have him maybe in like the second or third pairing. And I don't even think he'd be in the lineup. To, like he'd be in and out of the lineup. Assuming he's healthy because he has dealt with so many issues, I think he's still a valuable player. Maybe not for that money anymore, but he can still do some damage for the Islanders. And for the Devils, they got all the cap space. Make room for the prospects, similar to the Kings, like we just said. Keep moving forward. So do you think uh, Subban, if he's even, if a team even calls on him, because that's a big contract, what's the return and what can a team expect to get out of Subban? Not much. The return is not a lot. I'll say like a second and like a roster player, maybe. Um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say Subban's not great anymore. I mean, it, this year... For a lot of great defensemen, have just hasn't gone their way. Like Eric Carlson, uh, Brent Burns, these are guys that we said were literally in our like top ten fantasy D. Like they haven't panned out. Tyson Berry, another guy. Morgan Riley, another guy. These are a lot of D that haven't really been as impactful. So Subban is probably number one on that list, being the most disappointing for me at least. I'm a big Subban fan, but. The return is not going to be as much as I think the Devils expect it to be. And for me, the, the biggest head-scratcher for the Devils this season, other than Hall getting traded, was Ray Shero stepping down. So they got a lot of stuff to do. But the last trade, he didn't really 
It was surprising the last time he got dealt because it was two second rounders and two prospects. No one really. Well, it was Santini, I think, who went to Nashville, but he's barely playing. Yeah. So, so like, to get less than that for an all star player. I still have faith in Subban. He's like, what? He's not even he's 30 or something. Oh, is he 30 now? 06 draft. 07. Same as Pacioretty. So, yeah, t- he's 30, 31. Like, you look at the money and it's it's just brutal. Oh, it's the bad. Way, but, like, I'm sure there are teams out there that look at Subban and think if he has a new change of scenery, maybe we're willing to give up certain pieces to give him a shot because he has done it multiple years in the past. So, I, I honestly, it's a mystery. The biggest question. The biggest question for me is where? Yeah, for no. Subban, he's already been with uh, with New- with Nashville. He was great that one year. New Jersey, clearly, it hasn't gone well at all. So, like, that's the biggest question: is where can you see Subban going at this point in his career? Like Minnesota, oh, like, man. you know what I mean? Like, there's just not a lot of teams I can see Subban on right now. Want to pick? No, I can't even. <laughs> No, I can't see it. There. I would say Vancouver, but like the way they made some trades, I don't think they're going to fit that under their cap, especially with the Luongo penalty that they have still, the three million or so. That I don't know why I could see him on Dallas, but like they already have terrible contracts yeah. for like Pavelski and Ben. Just, I, yeah, I have no. I, I was thinking a team like a low market, no like one, Detroit, but like maybe? he's already with the Devils, so <laughs> this is it. Really, is a head scratcher. It's yeah. It's, a, it's Subban's in a tough spot. Hopefully, next year he bounces back, because yeah, I really have no idea what happened. Looking forward now to some of the other guys that are on the board here. Chris Kreider's name jumps oh, yeah. off easily. The season he's had, amazing. Amazing year. Especially when you look at the Rangers. Where they're like up and down. They're not really ready yet for a playoff spot, but Kreider's getting a lot of attention. Where do you see him being dealt to at the deadline? I hate to say it, Boston. I think he's going there. I think it's a foregone conclusion. I could see DeBrusque going the other way. Um, I think he's literally an upgrade to DeBrusque. That's literally what he is. Um, there's like okay you think of Chris Kreider there's not a lot of teams that I can see him on like I can see him on like a Tampa but really they just got Maroon like they just got Blake Coleman so to me there's not a lot of room for Kreider on Tampa but Boston isn't it just a perfect fit like you're really thinking about it it just seems like the shoe fits so I'm gonna say Boston that is very close, like word for word, what I was going to say. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. They honestly can only see him on Boston when you think of playoff hockey and that kind of style. He's very similar to DeBrusque, but he's, you know, he's been in the league a little longer and he's a little more well-known. So one of those rough and tough kind of teams, you can, yeah, the Bruins, he'll muck it up over there probably. Well, the only, the biggest concern if you're like a Bruin fan is the fact that he's already at, I think, 23 goals, Kreider. So the return the Rangers are probably asking for is DeBrusque, you never know, maybe like a Carlo. I don't think they would deal him, but Kreider's having a, he's having a great year. So again, uh, Boston, they do have the pieces, but it's, I guess it's on the GM to see who they kind of want to get rid of because the brusque we've seen in the playoffs, he's killed the Leafs over and over. So I think Boston's willing to give up whatever after coming that close last year. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. like who gives a shit we're that close might as well. I, I feel like Kreider too. Like he's got the experience. He was a part of that Rangers long playoff team. So it's a young Kreider too. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Boston could easily be a foregone conclusion. But I could also see him going to St. Louis. So I don't I don't know like. There's not a lot of teams that 
is a good fit for Kreider, but um, I'm excited to see where he goes. Hopefully not Boston, but wouldn't be surprised if it's Boston. Kind of like what they did with Bacchus a couple years ago. Do you think he'll be a good fit if Calgary went after him? Um, to kind of get them over that hump and make the playoffs, yes. But we have seen better play from guys like Bennett. We've seen better guys like Manjapana the other night, Hattrick. Um, I think Calgary doesn't even know what they want to do with him. Like, is he a bottom six? Is he a top yeah. six? Like, you really don't know. Um, they got rid of Froelich earlier on in the year. Backland, I don't know. Is he a part of a trade if they want Kreider? Um, I really don't know. So maybe. Um, but again, I don't see him really being a big fit in Calgary. Because they, like, they have Kachuk there. Like, yeah. That's kind of... If you can have like one on each line, though, kind of spread out the grit. So who, so who would get shafted? On, on Calgary, uh, is it Backlund? It, is it would it would it be a winger? Because isn't Backlund a so it'd be it'd be like Bennett or Lindholm that would get shafted, or maybe Mangiapane, depending on where they're playing. Because Kreider can play like you can play him top line or third line. Third He's just line one of those guys he'll, yeah. he'll do his job. Right wing, left wing. Yeah. I think he fits both. He's like one of those players that can adjust and adapt to his surroundings. But I think Bennett would have that'd be a good way for Calgary to get rid of Bennett, bring in Kreider. Uh, I think, like, based on value to a team, I think he is number one on the trade bait list. Like, for that reason, I think he's that guy that could, he, he could win you a cup, I think, if everything works out perfectly. But it's kind of similar to last year. Like, you saw Duchesne, he was a rental. Like, how big is a return going to be? Like, is, are the Rangers really asking for a first-round pick for Chris Kreider? Like, these are things you got to ask. Like, do you think he's worth a first-round pick? I personally don't think he is, but this season he might be, so... I think it depends on the team, too. <laughs> He's also a UFA, so you really don't know. Another team, actually, that you brought that up, Columbus. Torrance, they've had a little bit of a relationship, New York and Columbus making big trades. I think if Kreider were to go to Columbus, they're not afraid to really go after guys. I think that would be a good fit. They can go after him and shock Tampa again. <laughs> I mean, Tampa's one point behind Boston. I think they'll pass Boston. I think they're going to win the division somehow because Kucherov has been the best player since February. So, like, since February started. Um, and I think that would be Tampa versus Columbus. As a, as a Leaf fan, yeah. as a Leaf fan, I don't want to see Columbus land Kreider just in case, you know, they pass us and then we yeah. have to face Washington or Tampa Bay. Um you know what good for Columbus like they kind of came out of nowhere this year we didn't think they would amount to anything I just still don't think they're making the playoffs that's just my opinion now with Seth Jones out for basically oh, the rest of the year Probably. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs I completely wrote them off in October <laughs> <laughs> I mean they had an awful start so even when they go on like when Merz Lincolns came in and he went on that streak I'm, I'm like how the fuck is this team doing what they're doing so I think it would be a huge statement if Kreider went to Columbus saying that we still think we're that team and we can be competitive but uh it would it would look pretty nice I, I'm still sticking with my Boston uh, prediction though yeah another name probably the top defenseman out here uh, I got Sammy Votnin Alec Martinez Brendan Dillon all of them could be a help to a lot of teams Sammy Votnin puck moving a little bit you got Dillon can be that two-way guy I think Alec Martinez though could be a difference maker for a lot of teams if you get him with the right fit but who is you think would make the most impact in a trade? I'm going to predict right now that uh, Alex Martinez lands with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think that's a good fit for them. I think you have Chris Letang. He's getting older. He's still putting up a lot of points. But, again, we all know 
Um, you know, at this point in the in the season, players start getting tired. They're a little fatigued. You can maybe rest Chris Letang a couple games. They're pretty sure they're in a in a comfortable spot. I don't think they should panic and not be. I don't. I think they're well in a playoff spot right now. Crosby and Malkin are now healthy, so that's always going to help. The only down thing with them is Gunsel. So um, I know that their D over the years we've always kind of talked about as like a bad point for Pittsburgh, but. I feel like if it's right now, they can kind of go all in. This market for D at the trade deadline, it looks like it's pretty big this year. You have Martinez, like you just said, three pretty good defensemen there. But I think out of all the guys, Martinez is probably the best fit for Pittsburgh. I have Martinez to Washington <laughs> for pretty similar reasons. They got a couple guys there basically just for some depth. He's a guy that's been there before. He's, he's come in for some clutch moments. I think his contract's pretty fair. He's around four mil. I don't know if they can slide that under the so cap. So would, would you say it's like a Shattenkirk type thing? Well, hopefully this one pans out better than that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I can see him going to the caps. I like it. What do you? Okay, now the veterans. You got Ilya Kolvachuk, Joe Thornton, Patrick, Patrick Marlowe. Is Thornton maybe on the way back to Boston? <laughs> I mean, like, if I'm writing the Leaf season off right now, saying we're not winning a cup, like I'm not confident in them. I would love to see that, but. I don't want to see that because I think the Leafs have a, have a shot at winning the Cup this year. I feel like the Leafs should look at Joe Thornton um, just for that veteran-type presence. He's been in a million playoff series. You could kind of put him out there and be like, yo, Matthews, got to relax. It's okay. Jumbo Joe knows what he's doing. He's had the experience. Again, is the asking price going to be high? Probably because they don't have their first-round pick this year. They gave it to Ottawa. So... I mean, these veterans are all still... They still have a little bit left in the tank. We saw Kovalchuk, he's resurged all of a sudden in Montreal. Here's my, here's my question to you guys. If you're Mark Bergevin, are you willing to trade Kovalchuk? Yes. Yeah. Yeah? Like With For how, well, with how yeah. well he's been meshing with Tatar and, and those guys, you're still willing to trade him. I'm also throwing Tatar in there. <laughs> Just blow it up at this point. They're a bubble team. I don't think they're making it. It's good for uh, it's good for Kovalchuk that he, he fucking randomly found success there. But Tatar, Tatar's always been. <laughs> it was random. It was pretty random. We thought he'd be out of the league at this point. Yeah. And uh, Tatar's a reliable twenty goal scorer, I'd say. But when you look at the Habs and you look at them going forward, and even given the season that they're having, they're ten points back of the Leafs, and the Leafs aren't even in the best shape. Yeah, they're, yeah. Trade them both. Trade Domi. No, don't trade Domi. Oh. <laughs> yeah, to the Leafs, trade Domi. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like Trade him to the Leafs, we're good. Trade him for Kerfo, one for one. I think Kolvachuk could be a good piece for Washington. Oh, I, my God. I think that's a perfect fit. Him, Ovi, Backstrom, perfect. The only question I have with that is then that would probably rub Oshi the wrong way, and he signed long-term with with. Washington. Yeah, so. I think they'll live with if they know that Kovalchuk is just here for short term rental, and then he can go back to Montreal in July. Are you trying? If if that's the case, are you trying to trade Kovalchuk and Domi to maybe get like an Oshi in return? I don't oh. think. Yeah, Oshi. I don't think they would do that. Maybe in the summer. Oshi's amazing. For Domi, I think he's so good. He's yeah, such an under. He's getting player. up there though now. Thirty-two. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. and he's got injury problems. He's a, he's got twenty goals again this year. So guys, still trucking, but uh. Well, how much is uh, Thornton making, real quick? Is it I, th- I think, it, yeah, it's like 1.5 max. Yeah. All right. Tampa Bay. Oh, <laughs> oh no my way. God, no way. Uh, so what does that mean for Sorelli, then? Because he's at like 40 points right now. It means he's going the other way. 
Oh, no way. Just I'm move not doing that from Tampa. <laughs> from Tampa, I'm not doing that. I think, oh, man, if Joe Thornton were to go to the Tampa Bay, poor Patrick Maroon. What happens with him then? He's, he's not going to be in the lineup. I can just picture Thornton saying, I've been in San Jose for fucking... Since like two, 05. Two decades almost, yeah. yeah. I'm going to another hot, hot destination. <laughs> and Florida, I'm not going to fucking Florida. They're out of the playoffs. And San Jose and LA suck. And, uh, no, Anaheim, they suck. So like, yeah. You could, have Dubis, you could have Dubis call Joe and be like, yeah, we're not having a terrible winter here. You can come here if you want. Okay. Yeah, you know it's hot in June, right? Because you make it in his head. We plan on going to June. It's hot. <laughs> like, look at the Raptors parade. Everyone was in shorts. Can you imagine the phone call with Dubis? It's like, hey, hey, how are you, Joe? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, so we want you uh, as a member of this team. Uh, are you guys going to be there in June? Because June is hot in Toronto. Well, we're not sure yet. We have to make it through the first couple rounds. Okay, well, if you're going to be there in June, I'll come. <laughs> I can't promise you we'll be there in June. Just hangs up. It's like, oh, okay. All right, Joe. Or another one. This is what I am uh, throwing out there. Cal Dupas is going to make a call to San Jose's GM, and he knows that they don't have any draft picks. Need some prospects. <laughs> He's gonna joke around. Hey, you have your first? No. Oh, oh. Well, they're throwing Andreas Janssen or Kasperi Kapanen, Bracco, maybe another pick down the road. We're getting Thornton and Marlowe. And he's gonna call Marlowe <laughs> to convince him to come with that 800K. You know, Mike Babcock's not here anymore, right? All right, sold. When's a flight? He's coming over. <laughs> Throw in Thomas Hurdle. Yeah. You got it. And deal. we're good. Yeah, you can't do that trade with Kapanen and Brack going to first for Thornton Mark. <laughs> what is this, 2004? Yeah, but that, that would, uh, with all the veterans, I mean, the Kovalchuk one makes sense to Washington. I don't see him leaving Montreal, though. I feel like Bergevin's going to be a hard, like, it's going to be hard to convince him. I feel like teams would be like, oh, yeah, like, I want to give you this bubble player and like a second and he's gonna be like no I want a first like it's Kovalchuk he's got 30 in the last like 40 like give us a first and then they'll be like no we'll hang up I think at the end of the day I want we all want to see these veterans do well we want to see them maybe go far in the playoffs we've been saying it for years with Joe Thornton and he hasn't won it somehow with that shark team I think Jumbo Joe it's gonna come home to Toronto I'm calling that now. So. We're going to get Joe Thornton, and we're going to trade, like, Marinson and, like, a future second for Joe Thornton. Retain I'm calling that now. And Thornton and Spezza on the Leafs. I want Marlowe, too, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just to have him back. Not playing under Babcock. I want to see him under a new offensive system, like, just... Make them happy. You literally, you could just play them like nine minutes a night. Yeah. Like, just have barely them plug them out. Yeah, just barely <laughs> plug them out there. You know, Spezza, Mikheyev, Igor. Oh, my God. That guy is a boulder. He's a stud. He's a boulder. I my mean, I, I love Engvale, but I think I like Korshkov more. Yeah, Korshkov's a beast. It's a good problem to have for yeah. the least. Or would you trade Engvale and Marinson for Thornton? Yeah, they do have term. I think they could probably... Swing a deal because like, like a lot of people have talked about Janssen being a part of a deal. Has Engvall kind of like put himself on that level of like with Janssen? Because like he's had a great year. He just got extended. Like, can you see Engvall going at the deadline? Maybe I don't think he's on that Kapanen Janssen level yet. No, not Cap, uh, not Kapanen. No, no but um, I feel like he's a guy. A lot of teams don't know a whole lot about him yet, so the scouting reports kind of. Uh, there's, there's, there's not a, lot a of whole picks lot. missing. Yeah. So like maybe in a year or two, once people start to pick up on things, 
it'll start to slow because he's so much faster than everyone thought. I think people are still surprised by his speed, and then once teams start to get familiar with him, it'll be. I feel like though he won't be a big part of this team moving forward. That's essentially yeah, like he'll saying, be he'll yeah. be like a more like he, like he'll be like consistent, and then he'll, you'll just kind of start seeing him fade out, and then I feel like you should trade him now. Like the values, I think it's there. He's what twenty three. Like so, he's not young. Yeah. He's not old. I don't know. Try it. <laughs> now you got Bracco on the assist. I think Bracco's a trade bait for Toronto. To I think get he, out there. Uh, he might be the first guy on their list, I think. There's just so much. Because if you're like going to get someone back, I think Bracco would have to be that guy to you know, entice some of these GMs. I think for me, the first guy is it's either Kaepernick or Kerfoot for me that are gone. That should, like, they'll generate a defenseman that's, that we need. <laughs> nice and cheap. Yes. I mean, like, we could talk all day about trade bait guys and Dumba and Brodeen and all these other D that the Leafs have been wanting. But, again, like, who do we want to see go? That's my biggest question. Like, do you, I, like, last year I didn't want to see Janssen go, but at this point he's not playing. So what the hell's his value at right now? So I think at this point in time we got to start thinking Kerfoot, Kapanen, Angvale. These guys are all probably on the way out. Am I right? Yeah. It's safe to say. We're heading there, yeah. How about a guy like a, like a Hyman? Is it possible at all? No. Nope. No, right? Don't say nope. that. He, see, because for me, <laughs> I, I, my brother, like, he brought it out the other day. He's like, would you trade Hyman? And I just looked at him and, like, he's an untouchable for me. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, I'm, not, tra- I'm not trading him. He's a huge part of this team. I'm not trading Zach Hyman. Babcock would be I proud. I love you, Zachy. There it is. He'd be proud of that one. Anyone else? But now that I think about it, do you think Shea Weber will get traded? Oh, isn't he missing the rest of the year? Oh, yeah. Apparently. Kiprios. Oh, no, it's a surprise. He's come back tonight. Back, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? How's that? How's that work out, Kipper? If, uh, if they could, yes. I ha- I don't think anyone's... He's signed till he's 46. He's 35 with so many injury problems. If they, can, if they can swing That's a deal, yeah. I think Edmonton... Ha- like, he has to go to Edmonton if they want to, like, make a run. What do you want for the Habs? Oh, I need like I need, okay, I need I need Yamamoto, because okay. he's like he's a young gunning. I need Yamamoto. Nuge, probably. I need a first. Oh no! No, no, no! I'm not trading Nuge. Uh, I need a I need Yamamoto and a first maybe. Oh, so that'll be a lottery pick. Because <laughs> <laughs> Weber's old man, like, you really don't know what his value is. I know he's got what 14 goals this year. Yeah, I don't, he, I don't know how. He will but. always. Always produce. It's just unpredictable going forward with the injury issues. I think he's a perfect fit on Edmonton, man. Like, you have Nurse there that can eat up, like, 25 minutes. Like, Larson, too. He's a big guy. I think, yeah, I think if I'm Bergevin, I need to. I mean, uh, if I'm Edmonton's GM, like, I'm calling Montreal for Weber. Picture McDavid with the sauce to Weber. One timer. On the power play. That's, yeah, they, they, they would arguably be cup contenders if they landed Weber this year. Yeah, easily. Then you have Drysaddle there, too. People could call me stupid for that, but Drysaddle's been on another level. Oh, shit, if you have yeah. those three guys. Yeah, that's, that's fine. You're fine. And the fact, like, if you could keep Nuge, too, and get Weber. So, yeah, wow. if they could swing it, that's still fine <laughs> for 10 years, but. Yeah, I mean, you have the three contracts that are absolutely disastrous, but. Yeah, like they, you could win a cup, I think, with Shea Weber. Prove right. me wrong. We'll give uh, the other Canadian teams some love here. Ottawa, okay, they'll probably, they're just selling. Pajot's going to go, probably. Yeah. 
they're sellers, but uh, Winnipeg, who do you think they're targeting for this deadline? Dustin Bufflin. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Any defenseman in the league. I'll say Jonas Brodin they can get. Uh, I could also see Martinez going there, but... Uh, yeah, like this guy said, any defenseman at this point. Like, yeah, I think Sammy Vatanen, you brought him up before. Yeah. You really brought up Martinez. He could literally replace Truba, what he did. Yeah. Well, that's what Truba wanted to be. He wanted to be that puck moving D. He's not really that. He's not as offensive as he thinks. Like, Vatanen, he's, uh, he's, he's, not, he's not Truba and he's not Bufflin, but uh, he could still push the, push the pace up and he, he still has that bomb from the point. So he's not he, like a Petri either. No. He's like a tier under that. So he's kind of like a, I don't know, like what would you say, like a... I remember him coming in with so much buzz, and that died so quick. <laughs> I'm trying to think, is he like a Mata? Like, what is Vatanen? Like, who can you compare him to? Ghost? I remember all the offensive hype. Like a lesser had. ghost. Yeah. yeah, he came in, he was so hot. Like, oh my god, this guy's an untouchable in Anaheim. He's going to be the yeah, future. Okay. Yeah, and okay. then they got rid of Theodore, they got rid of Vatanen. That was a mistake. Yeah, they got they should have got rid of Fowler. Yeah. Yeah, he was, was another guy too. It was him, Lindholm, and Fowler, and like this Those is what we're going three. with. Yeah, they fucking trade Vatanen next year. They trade Vatanen, they trade Theodore, and they got rid of. Uh, oh, Roby uh, they left. No, who did they get rid of? Um, Boschman, or was that that other D on their team that was good? Was it Manson they got rid of? No, they Montour. Have Montour. Yeah, Montour. Yeah. Montour was solid. So, Buffalo's going far, yeah. Yeah, uh, Buffalo. They need some players too. No, I mean, nope. No. They're selling. No. I yeah. mean, I know they're selling. I think Skinner, they need to get him out of there. Hold on, no, no. We're going to talk about Skinner. Because we did this yeah. in the summer every fucking week when he got 40 goals, and we would say he's not that player that is a horrendous So here contract. we go. Let's talk about it. We're right. Everyone else out there that said he's a 40-goal scorer, sorry, buds. You're not right. You score. He, he went on a fucking tear the first half of the season and scored two goals the second half, and they missed the playoffs, and they give him $9 million. Are you out of your fucking mind? He's a concussion away from being out of the league. Zero sympathy for Buffalo. Yeah, you know what? I agree. I think all the contracts you can kind of bring up in the past. Even, like, you dealt Ryan O'Reilly. You had a, you had Jack Eichel and Ryan O'Reilly as a setup, and you trade that for Tage Thompson, who's... I don't even think he's on the team right now. He's been battling with Gergensen's all year for that third line spot. Opozo's deal, goddamn, awful contract. Like, and with, hold on. With all that being said, it's Sam Reinhardt's fault. Yeah. One of fucking two players that's producing on that team. Yeah. Everyone blames him. They're like, yeah, he's not. He went second overall. He's not good enough. Well, you know what? How about Casey Middlestat? You don't go in. What was he? Sixth overall. Six, 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 seven. Yeah. What? Th- that doesn't fucking matter. A top ten pick. Neander, eighth, yeah. traded. Like, the line. There's a lot oh, of things. God. There's a lot of things that you got to kind of look at now with Buffalo, and it's like you you start pointing fingers with oh it's Reinhardt, it's Eichel. No, those are the guys that are producing for your team. It's not those guys. It's the GM's decision to sign Skinner, and first I don't know how Risto is still on this team. I thought he would have been traded in October. I think uh, you look at the last 10 years or so and all of their first-round picks, I think it's finally starting to... Like Grigorenko was a first-rounder. Like just, these guys are just... They don't have enough players. It's <laughs> I, like Seriously, it's Eichel and Reinhardt and the field. Like You look at all their first-rounders and they trade them all. They they, I'm sorry, they got lucky with Olofsson. A fourth-rounder 
kind of like coming out of nowhere, producing on the power play. He he kind of yeah. replaced Skinner this year, if you think about it, like that role. It's like, yeah, Skinner, you were supposed to be that guy every year. You're not consistent. So Doroff was another one they had? No, he's rolling in Colorado. <laughs> Did they have Robin Leonard too? Were they the ones who traded for Ottawa? To, yep. Uh, they had a young Robin Leonard. Oh, my God. Is it safe to up? say we got to start talking about Buffalo's GM like we did with Shirelli? It's no, how many GMs have they had since Eichel uh, came to the team? <laughs> coaches, too, for that matter. <laughs> and coaches. Yeah, he's ran through a whole management team. Remember Murray's brother? He was the best. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're going to... Sam Reinhart. <laughs> <laughs> thought they were getting McDavid. Ah, we got second. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> Jack Eichel. Oh, makes it quick. Oh, nice. Makes it quick. Dan Balsma comes in. Oh, he coached Sid. They got the cup. He's going to be the savior. He's gone. I think the best out of all the the drafts that they've done, when they drafted Alex Nylander, oh. the hype, because it was in Buffalo, that they were cheering. And then, what, he played 40 games with them? <laughs> and then, yep. Yokoharu, come over. You get out. So I really don't know with, with Buffalo. I think you could try and trade Skinner. I don't no. think I don't think there's any suitors for him. Ristolainen, I think, is gone. I think if they're I think if I'm Toronto, if I'm anybody, I'm I'm looking for Ristolainen. Uh, Risto has kind of said ever since Dahlin got drafted that he's kind of been unhappy. He wants to be a number one D. Do you see him as a number one D? I see him as a number one offensive D. Okay. I don't think he has uh, has it in him to carry a team. Would you say he's kind of like an OEL? I don't know. OEL, though, is like playing in Arizona as the only guy, really, until they brought in Goligoski and... Chick now. Yeah, like, I think he's probably a little bit... He's like a tier under, I think. I don't think he's a top guy that can really carry, like a Weber, Suter type of guy. So what do you think his return could be? For sure, a first-rounder. Yeah, he's young. He'll get a package for him. Yeah. Like a first... He'll get yeah, a prospect roster player. and a roster player, yeah. probably. But so I who's that, that team? Yeah. Someone risky. Is it, Ca- is it Calgary? Can it be Calgary? Sam Bennett, maybe, but... Oh, no. You have to include oh, him no. as like a throw-in later on. If I'm, if I'm Buffalo, I'm not asking for Sam Bennett. Can you see the Islanders by any chance? Yes. Yeah. I was, was, uh, was, was going to say the Islanders. Because other than like Pulak and... Just Pulak, who's like going forward as the Staples no, there? Okay, they have Noah Dobson who's been in okay. and out, yeah. but like he's he looks like a kid still. Like he's kind of not polished. Uh, Pelik... Okay. Um, other than that, still got Boyd Chuck there and Letty. Uh, right? Don't they have yeah. uh, for one year? I think they their contracts are up. Is so. Kiefer Bellows? He's a forward. He's not a D. Left wing. So yeah. Maybe he would have to go in in that trade because they got a lot of pieces too. That's why I kind of thought of them. But will they want to help out their rival, New York rival? Because the Rangers and Islanders, I don't think they'll. And Buffalo, they're like teams that don't really want to help each other out. I'd say no, but the Leafs and Sens are making deals. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, yeah. I, I don't I don't really think there's a problem there. Like, Buffalo knows they're not making the playoffs this year, which is kind of sad because Jack Eichel's been, for me, an MVP candidate this year. He's been amazing. But, yeah, Buffalo, if I'm trading anybody, like, I'm not going to be mad. Like, they know they're not in the playoffs. The Islanders are. It's a business. We're trying to help you win a cup. You're trying to give us assets that will help our future. So... I don't think anybody should really be mad as long as the return is respectful. I think it'll definitely be respectful. It's still a... I just, like, I, I feel like it would be perfect if they got Kiefer Bellows back because Bellows played with Eichel for Team America, so I feel like you could kind of try and bring that chemistry out. I just feel like keep two or three of the guys you think that are going to lead this team 
and I would honestly trade everyone else. That's what I mean. Like, are you? Is Buffalo kind of like in New Jersey's footsteps, or are they not as bad? Like, they're kind of there. They're in the same boat. The Devils are. They might have a step up. Just they're a little bit luckier recently because they seem to be winning the lottery every year, which helps. Well, the Taylor uh, Hall effect. So (laughs) we'll see this year. Maybe they won't. But we've been talking (laughs) Buffalo for so long. Kind of like how we've been saying Edmonton. When yeah, like coming. we're getting fed up. Like they're gonna, they should be making the step, and they're just kind of sticking to where they've always yeah. been. Mediocrity. Like, you can't. For me, it baffles me when people blame Reinhardt. He's gotten better every single season. It's like, sorry, he's not the guy who went fucking after him, but that's not his fault. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy. He's arguably better though than Ekblad. When you think about it, right now. Touch those just because of the position. I know, but like you, like kind of like look at like how what Ekblad's doing with Florida, and you look at what Reinhardt's doing with Buffalo. It's kind of similar because Ekblad was supposed to be the number one D in Florida. It's clearly Keith Yandel. So, you know what I mean? It's kind of similar in that in that way. But for me, Risto, yeah, it's probably it's Calgary, it's the Islanders. Would if you're the Blues, maybe you could trade like. Falk, you could maybe try and trade him again. I don't know. How about Car- not Carolina? I no, can't see Risto going there. Yeah. No. <laughs> there are too many guys there yeah, no, plugged in. Unless you trade like Hayden Flurry to Buffalo. I don't think they want to do that. <laughs> I- I'm not going to be surprised, though, if Carolina gets a D at the deadline because of Dougie Hamilton's injury. That's all I'm saying. I think they're going to get Probably some. a rental, though. Not anyone with term on their contract because Jake Gardner's there. You got <laughs> everyone Dougie else. Yeah. Jake Gardner. Speaking Trade of uh, all these guys, one deal I was actually just thinking about. If I'm Edmonton, I'm going after to Ottawa. I'm getting Connor Brown. McDavid and Brown get that eerie line together. Those two are fucking gold together. I'm Who going are you trading if you're Edmonton? Anybody. For Connor Brown. Any, anybody. I'm going Zach after Zach Cassian goes the other yeah, way. fuck Zach Cassian. <laughs> get Brown's Connor a, Brown. He's having a year, isn't he, in Ottawa? Can you imagine Brown? those two together? Yeah. And then you've got Dry Settle on the wing. That's what we call the truculent line. The work hard for your teammate line. I think Connor Brown deserves it. Oh, yeah. I love Connor Brown, especially with the Leafs and how this year he was a good sport. Goes to Ottawa, has a nice year. Do you want to talk about Ottawa for a second? <laughs> Remember that guy, Anthony Duclair? Remember when he scored 21 goals before the All-Star break? No, he was like two. <laughs> I think his drought has reached 20 games. Damn. So, damn. I think he still has 20 have... goals, though, so... It's good for the contract negotiation. I don't. Th- if I'm a team, I don't think I'm looking at Duclair. I think I'm looking at Brown. More. Yeah, but I don't. We'll see. I don't know. Um, anything else, really? Like we could talk more about the Leafs if you want. Like Muzzin, I hear we're close to a contract extension. Well, did we talk about the Zucker trade? No, no. Which was was that Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh? Was that Pittsburgh and yeah. for Galley and? Uh, Chenyuk's well, still going to be finding himself in Minnesota. Give him some time. Yeah. And he'll find his game. We were, yeah, we were giving this trade some time. We wanted to see how Galchenyuk would play, and he's been invisible. He's, like his career. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Zucker to the Pens, Solid. they always seem to get a, not a star winger, just a really good forward every year to play with Sid and Gino. And here they go again. You talk about like Fitz, it's not like that's a. That's a perfect fit. It's like you thought it'd be like, Galchenyuk, but... Yeah. Like, he replaces what maybe Gunsel was doing, like not to that extent, but, you know, Zucker with Crosby, that will easily be magic. He's a former 30-goal scorer. 
And even he can replace Hornquist because Hornquist is in and out of the lineup all the time. So it sucks for Pittsburgh that they had to give up on that Kessel trade so fast, but Galchenyuk wasn't performing. Fill the thrill. He's also, he hasn't been good in, in Arizona yeah, either. He's you notice, the casinos. Uh, it's all you, good. You notice the second Arizona made those deals, they started to drop in the standings. They're at the top, and then they make they the deal did, for Hall. I know. Yeah. I know. The Taylor Hall effect. That, that, the when, I, when I saw Taylor Hall the other night against the Leafs, I'm like, this guy is nowhere near the heart trophy. Nowhere near. Not even close. You just shafted my second team in Zona. They're not going to make yeah. the fucking playoffs. No. <laughs> Are they actually that bad now? Not bad, but they've, fought, they've taken a hit. Yeah. So they have Calgary's winning. Oh fucking my. Edmonton's winning. Oh, my God. And Kemper going down, and Taylor Hall, you know, bringing his... Uh, just perfect good luck to the team. There's not a lot of guys that have like a losing culture. <laughs> Taylor Hall might have that losing culture. He'll win you the lottery, but he'll make you miss the playoffs. Yes. <laughs> and he's a heart winner. Damn. Somehow. MVP. Gotta love it. I mean, for me, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to for the trade deadline are the Canadian teams because a lot of them, like, you don't know where they are. Yeah. In their build, like, where's like in your mind, where's Calgary? I don't see them as Stanley Cup contenders whatsoever. And everyone's like, I think they're great. I think they can win the cup. I think they could upset like a Edmonton, or they can upset like a St. Louis. And I just kind of look at that, and I'm like, I don't think so. Not With Riddich as your goalie, no. I throw Nate out there. Yeah, he'll solve it. <laughs> I think they're a good team that should make the playoffs every year. Because when you look at that team. They should make the fucking playoffs every year. They should. I mean, you have, your first line is Goudreau, Kachuk, and Monaghan. That's a top That's ten good. line, I think, a lot of the league. Of, like the Leafs with skill. A lot of depth there. A lot of guys you don't really hear about, like the scouting reports, like Mangiapane, and they come in and he might score 20 goals this year. But yeah, it's crazy. Like Even like Rasmus Anderson, he's like a defenseman. Like A lot of people thought he'd just be a depth kind of D, and he's been consistently in the lineup and been proving guys wrong, so... I don't see them upsetting anyone, but they, yeah, they yeah, like, a, like yeah. I don't see, I don't see them getting over that hump this year. Maybe Edmonton could if they were to get like a solid defenseman, like a Brodine or a Dumba, maybe. But again, the return would probably have to be really high. I don't know, man. I'm very excited this year, but again, I, I think the main the main move that everyone's going to talk about, I think me and Pinello that agree on, is Kreider to probably Boston. That's probably going to happen. And the least we're we're gonna just kind of look at that and be like, shit, fuck. <laughs> no, we'll get Jumbo Joe. It's all good. That's what hey, I'm predicting. That I think shut we're gonna get Jumbo Joe. He'll shut them all down. Let's go. And then I'll laugh because the last playoff game me and this guy went to Placanic scored for the Leafs. So I remember, <laughs> <laughs> remember we had Placanic, best fourth line in the league, and then yeah, what did we trade for that a second and another piece. It was a second and a conditional fourth. <laughs> and then he went back to Montreal, right, and retired. Doesn't that look... Oh, my... Montreal for 90 years, fucking two weeks with the Leafs, and then back to the house. Just like yoking and coming to the Leafs, too. Oh, that was... Yeah, that was an odd He got pick. traded to St. Louis. I love when they we first got him, and everyone's right away is like, he won't be here long. It felt like basketball. Like, oh, he'll be here for like a week or two. That whole year felt like that, though. Remember when we got Parento and Raymond? I'm like, these guys aren't fucking staying on the team. Brad Boris. Parento, Parento led the team in goals. <laughs> oh, with 19. Yeah. Oh. Oh, what a great year, Uncle Leo. We gotta stop, man. Yeah, we gotta we gotta stop talking about the Leafs before I start pulling my fucking hair out. 
Anyways, uh, speaking of pulling hair out and uh, talking about, you know, stuff like that, we go to the ring. Oh, here it is. Starts off on Monday. Randy Orton and Matt Hardy with a brace on his neck, really playing it up. Orton says, I did that to Edge. I really respect him. I love him like a brother. I don't respect you. (laughs) He said, oh, Matt. I can't do it. He leaves, comes back, and then concerto. Then he gets a steel steps, does it there. Just traumatize a whole new generation of kids. What's this whole uh, decision, thought process with Randy Orton and... Where does it go with Matt it's Hardy? It's money. It's absolute money. This is probably the most interested. I think the crowd has been with Randy in a while because like they don't know what his next move is, and he's kind of looking more like his 09 self, where he's in his head a lot. So I think it's only good things from here on out. I think Randy Orton though isn't a put edge over at WrestleMania. There it is. I don't think Randy knows what his next move is. Oh. That's what makes it so interesting. Yeah, he's in his head. Quite but a uh, yeah, what a sick fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Matt. Yeah, we call him a sick fuck. Oh, I love man. when Matt's coming out and he said, "You want vintage Matt Hardy? Matt Hardy will not die." And you hear two guys in the crowd, "Yeah!" And everyone else is like, "What the fuck's he saying?" <laughs> Who's Matt Hardy? Who cares? And why is he version one? <laughs> but uh, what was it this? with Matt, there's still talks there that WWE want to keep him. He hasn't I hope really not. resigned, but. If they actually let him get on the green light, would make this whole uh, concerto on the steel steps as a way to bring him back to his broken self, do you think he'll resign with WWE? Yeah, and that's only I think based on loyalty and uh, probably the dollars he'll get. Um, it probably wouldn't be as much as AEW, but I think you got to look at longevity and how long he's been with a company. Kind of like what happened with Randy, like earlier on in the year, a lot of people are like. Yeah, Randy's probably gonna leave if the money's right, but like you always think in the back of your head, he's been there for two decades. So I think loyalty over money at, in this point for Matt Hardy. I think it would have to be best case scenario. If you have like one last feud, it's gotta be with the perfect person. It's gotta be the right amount of money. But um, I, I, think, I still think that's not gonna be enough because Matt Hardy is one of the most creative guys in wrestling ever. And I think he's just, there's so much more to give there, even if. You know, he's obviously taken a toll physically, but the, the guy's a fucking genius. If you follow him on social media, he, the guy's still going. He's amazing. Let him keep doing his thing. Yeah, uh, we all know age is really not... It, that does not matter at all. So I think, yeah, Matt Hardy could still probably arguably do his best work right now. So I'd give him the green light. I think it's just... A, I think creative is the difference maker there and... If WWE isn't willing to do that, I think he's going to have to go somewhere else and really show them what they're missing. Oh, yeah. But uh, He'll be the head of the Dark Order. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> On Raw, though, when he was a, Matt Hardy's getting attacked, I actually, for a little second, the way they were zooming to the Titan Tron, I thought Jeff was coming out. Yeah, okay. Get spoken up in the back. <laughs> we haven't heard his name in the news, so that's a good thing. But do you see Jeff coming back anytime soon? No, I don't. And uh, I think that's solely his fault. It's not WWE. It's not Vince. I think it's Jeff Hardy. I just feel like it's better right now if he kind of, you know, takes care of himself. Maybe come back in like a year or two. But right now, no, don't come back. Assuming that he is okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he had good shit last year with Randy. So that could even, you could, 
like add that to the story too where it's like I put a hole in Jeff's ear in the hell in the cell <laughs> so oh my God. like I, I what did he do he stretched yeah. out his spacer just hole. twisted his whole ear yeah. that was awesome that was one of my favorite hell in the cell matches ever like that was brutal the fact that he even remember when he fell from the top oh, yeah, and he went through the table yeah. like, okay that's it perfect yeah, he's killing his brother might as well like yeah, that's why wouldn't I mean. you yeah. come out but yeah he's Take care of himself first. We don't know the sitch on Jeff, but yeah. the fact that we haven't heard his name is probably a good thing. Yeah. 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 If he were to come back, though, do you want to see him come back as Jeff Hardy? Like the Hardy Boys version? Brother. Jeff Hardy as, uh, you know, 09 version with an old theme music or Brother Nero? I think we got to go Brother Nero I think here. Yeah, I think at this point, with, with how he's bashing them with the chair, Matt Hardy has to lose his mind, which means Jeff Hardy has to lose his mind. So... You could even have like a tag team match if like something, let's say like Edge all of a sudden were to like turn heel. I know it's probably not happening, but we've heard rated RKO for so long. You could do a rated RKO versus the broken brothers of Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy. And that would feel like 2004 all over again and it'd be great. <laughs> and uh, going on to the night, Seth Rollins oh. has another promo. He's doing a sermon in the ring. Uh, they had the same main event again, six man tag. You just have Kevin Owens insert two names. Uh, where are they going with Seth Rollins? Because uh, it doesn't look like CM Punk is going to be coming out on Raw. If they were, if that's their idea. But what are they going to do with him? He's facing Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. I think if it's not Kevin Owens, it's CM Punk. And I wanna. I want to just say CM Punk, but again, like I thought he'd be coming. The Royal Rumble didn't happen. Um, at this point, I really don't know what WWE wants for Seth Rollins. Like they're not. I feel like they're not going all in right now with this heel turn. Like I feel like they could be doing a lot more than what they're doing with this AOP and Buddy Murphy. I feel like you can kind of put him a little bit over the top, but he is featured every week. We don't have to worry about that. It's Seth freaking Rollins. I think it doesn't matter really who he faces because he'll put on a five-star match WrestleMania. And he definitely will with uh, KO over there. Yeah. But uh, I just think they're stalling. I don't think they know what to do with Owens and Joe and and that whole stable. But Raw kind of ends the same way every week. Just the six-man tag match thrown together and the cliffhanger for next week and then it's the same thing and another cliffhanger for the next week. And I love the Monday Night Messiah character. It's hilarious. Sushi. Like, I, I'm not sure where it's going, but but uh, he's doing some solid stuff, Seth. Yeah. That's the only thing I don't like. Like, it ends on, like, a down, yeah. and it starts on a high with everything that's going on. This whole Bobby Lashley and Rusev thing, just they always find themselves in a match every week. But Angel Garza, I think, stood out. He's really doing good. But Bobby Lashley and Rusev, where... Are they going with this? I think they need to cut everything with that feud now, like right now, before it gets to the point where I already saw someone like tweeting to Rusev where it's like, oh, why are you liking Lana's pictures on Instagram? Like, Are you that naive and dumb that you think they're actually divorced and like, no, <laughs> this is fake. Like they're actually married. They're happily married. Um, I feel like they need to cut that storyline before people actually start pissing off Rusev like genuinely so I don't know I, I know Vince McMahon generally doesn't really give a shit about his superstars like well-being usually so I mean <laughs> what a statement <laughs> yeah like I'm being uh, 
It's Vince McMahon. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Look at Mick Foley's body, for God's sake. He doesn't give a shit. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be fun to see what happens, but we don't. We, I have no idea, man. I got no clue. When's uh, Rusev's deal up? Did you resign? Can't come soon enough. Yeah. Already. That's all I got. <laughs> I will, no, I think Lana, though. Honestly, has been brilliant in all of this. She is a phenomenal actress. Yeah. None of it fucking works. It's all random. <laughs> but like, I think Lana's been great in all this. Bobby deserves so much more, man. Yeah, they, they all do. He's improved so much, though, since coming back. They really did shaft him. Yeah. <laughs> right away when he came out, we're like, oh, perfect. Him and Brock and whatever. Yeah. And then not even... They had the thing yeah, with Roman. And then Tag they, team with Braun. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That went on way too long. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what was that called? Bronze was it the dogs of dogs of war or some shit? <laughs> Him and Drew and Corbett. Oh my fucking... god, yeah, that stable running wild on. Raw. We were at that raw <laughs> when we saw Strowman turn heel. We're like, oh wow, man, <laughs> how underwhelming. One of the best faces. You turn him heel. Cool. That's good timing. Just to make the Shield reunion that much more better. Fuck off. <laughs> I really have no idea what to think even of like Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, like what. What their direction is moving forward, because like, what do you think, Baron Corbin? I I know he's probably gonna face like John Cena or whoever at WrestleMania, get that rub, that heel rub. But I mean, like, right at this very moment in time, a lot of guys, I have no idea what they're doing, and that could be good or bad. Like, it could be unpredictable. But kind of worried for WWE because it's getting to that point now. This is like the Super Bowl time for them. You gotta gotta start uh, getting all your storylines and. Especially Robert Root and Ziggler. That, they just threw them together, made no sense. How about the tag team division yeah. for the women? Like, <laughs> doesn't exist. What's that? <laughs> like, I saw Asuka is in the Elimination Chamber, and she's had women's title matches, and she has that white title. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, And she's cool. up front and center, too. Yeah. Like, she's the main one there. She's tag champion. That's great. She's your single star, but she's your tag champ. Is she putting that bell on the line? No. Oh. <laughs> I mean, and if I, I'm, you know what, I'm calling it now. If nothing happens, they're just gonna give the tag t- titles to Beth and yeah, Natalia yeah. At, at WrestleMania. They're gonna have them beat Kyrie and probably yeah. squash. Yeah, Beth Phoenix will probably squash Kyrie in the match. That's it. They gotta find some tag teams. I, I don't know what else to say about that. Don't throw people together and maybe go on the NBC. Like you gotta try something. You have these titles now. There was so much buzz, and Vince McMahon even outed the that we're going to have the women's tag titles. And, and there's really, when I think of the history, I, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I can't think of a match that I liked. <laughs> Just the first one, that last year Elimination Chamber. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's about it. After that, it's, it's just, like non-existent. It's just kind of there. Like the mid-card titles, they're just kind of there now. You're right. It's, it's bad. It's embarrassing. Like Braun Strowman. <laughs> He's your IC champ. Wow. It's great. It's great for the business. wonder what they're going to do with that title at WrestleMania. Their United States champion is suspended. Yep. That's great. It's coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. That suspension is going to be apparently next Thursday in uh, Super Showdown. That little cup they're giving away. AJ will probably win that gauntlet so he can take on The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Do you remember the name by any chance? No, not a clue. Already. <laughs> Gonna pronounce it. But. <laughs> what do you, before we, we end it, I just want to end it with this. Are you guys excited genuinely for Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar? And do you think they've built him the right way thus far every week? The build, maybe not so much. Because when he faced I'm, MVP, uh, I was like, it's, come on. He's doing good work. He's obviously more... Uh, 
you can obviously tell there's more freedom on the mic there. He's uh, allowed to be himself. I think you got to move on to a little bit more serious competition now because yeah. you can't be squashing people. And then, oh, okay, I'm ready for Brock Lesnar. Like, yeah. he, it's nice to see MVP in the, the little the VIP <laughs> lounge and those jokes, but uh, it's, it's time to ramp it up a little bit. Yeah. For this actually, this mania, I'm actually excited for it. Just the card looks something fresh, like Drew versus Brock, Ray Ripley versus Charlotte. Yeah. Um, like depending on what they go with the other guys, but <laughs> the Undertaker, it's fresh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got uh, Roman probably with the Fiend, and oh. Hulk Hogan's gonna help him win. And uh, yeah, but uh, overall, I like the two main matches: Rhea and Charlotte, and uh, Brock Drew should be good. I think they actually built Drew well, considering where he was in August. <laughs> Shane McMahon's uh, muscle, his bodyguard, and uh, I remember going to SummerSlam, and then he wasn't even on the card. Nope. So where he's improved, and since. I think Survivor Series was really like a turning point. After that, all up for Drew. So where they go with this, hopefully it's uh, a win, but you never know. But I think he'll look dominant at WrestleMania. There it is. That should be it for this week's episode. Make sure to watch next week or listen next week. Episode 69.